You're listening to a podcast of Spurious Morality. Welcome to a podcast of spurious morality. I'm Johnston, and this week I have Connor with me. Hello, Connor. Hello. And we're we're, we're doing a coffee bar again. We're going in without a plan because why why spend time planning your podcast when you can just make it up on the spot? That's the thing. There's there's so many other people you listen to, and it all sounds so off the cuff. And like I'm sure it's all really planned, but I I, I like I like off the cuff nonsense. I, I genuinely think that we actually plan less than most people. Um, I, 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 I would not be surprised. Um, and, uh, you know, we do do a lot of planning. We do not make this up as we go along. And we do our homework. But actually, yeah, I think we're, we're fairly off the cuff as we are. But this is even off the cufferer. Which is not a word. It is now. <laughs> um. So uh, I, I think these these coffee bar episodes, we need to sort of be a bit creative with naming them. We've had the the Spodcast coffee bar, and now we kind of need to, you know, we need return to the Spodcast coffee bar and revenge of the Spodcast coffee bar and terror this of the. Could be this could be the Spodcast um, bubble tea bar or bubble tea cafe. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, we could just get more and more hipster with where we go. The Spodcast Craft Beer Company. The Spodcast Tap House. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, 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 I'm sticking to my bad Doctor Who titles, and I think I'm going to call it Return to, Return of the Spodcast Coffee Bar. Yes, yes. Maybe and then one, sound like it's something to be feared. Genesis of the Spodcast Coffee Bar. Coffee? That's a new word. Coffee. 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 Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we can get more and more obscure with these love and podcast coffee. Right, well, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Fear her in the podcast coffee bar. It's gonna say love and the podcast coffee bar sounds like not safe for work. It it sounds like that podcast after dark episode that you pitched to me ages ago, and I completely dismissed. I don't remember this. That might be because I've just made it up. I, 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 it, it rings a very faint bell. Like surely we've. Just I feel like we here. have had this conversation at some point. Spodcast oh, <laughs> after dark. Oh God! I put the idea back in your head now. Yeah, yeah. That 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 can be our last ever episode, and it'll not be an intentional last ever episode. We'll just not be able to release anything after it because everyone will hate us. <laughs> I mean, that's the episode that I finally release 
Ewan Mansell singing Doctor in Distress. <laughs> He's that, not joking, listeners. That is a thing. That, that recording exists, listeners. That is a genuine thing. So, yes. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so much of that we've cut out that could come back to bite us. Yeah, and I still have it all saved. In its own separate folder, I've got an outtakes folder, um, which I'll either use for entertainment or blackmail, so whichever one becomes useful first. That's um, when I when my name is in lights someday in the future, I'll, I'll have to constantly look over my shoulder for you dangling the outtakes folder. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll just make some joke about Connor will be in distress when you all hear this. <laughs> anyway, shall we actually talk about audio drama or Doctor Who or not Doctor Who or Yeah, yeah, something. let's 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 do that. Yeah, you know, make a podcast. <laughs> um so well let let's go with the obvious question then, which is, you know, we we're, we're we're an audio drama podcast, uh, first and foremost, supposedly. Um what, what have you been listening to lately? I have been doing I I've been doing I've been doing a few different little series, a couple of different marathons. I've been doing The First Doctor Adventures starring David Bradley and the cast of An Adventure in Space and Time. Um, I've done the first six volume, or the first six episodes. It's not even the first six episodes. It's the first six stories, which is the first three volumes. The big finish series and volumes and episodes all gets very confusing. Um, But I've done the first six stories which takes you from the Destination Wars up to TikTok world. Um, and I don't, I, I think we're possibly going to do an episode on, on these in the, in the future. So I, I don't want to uh, go too deep into them, but I've really enjoyed that little run. It has been a great, I think those six stories form a pretty decent little series. Like it's not anywhere near as long story-wise as a Hartnell first doctor series would have been at the time, I think, but it's a really strong series and TikTok world in particular um, acts as a really, really good finale to that run. Um, and I've always said that those first six stories do feel like they've broken down as a separate series from the later four stories. They've done 10 and all, I think. Um, and there does feel like there's a little bit of a gap between um those first six and then the later four. Um, so I've really, really enjoyed those. I really enjoy that whole team. And um, I, I enjoy them as those characters. So that has been that has been a lot of fun. It's a very, very interesting and fairly unique run, I think. And there are two stories in there that kind of really stand out as I'm not convinced we'd get them anywhere else. One of them is TikTok World, which is beautifully bizarre and interesting and it was great to get caroline ford in there uh, but i'm also a big fan of the invention of death but i think everybody's a big fan of the invention of death um it, it's it's a really sort of wonderful and inventive story that just kind of gets that really sort of high concept sci-fi kind of thing that you do get with seasons one and two of doctor who you know it, it's it's kind of like a really, really good sensorites from a certain point of view. Um, yeah, it's an excellent run. I, I do really enjoy David Bradley as the 
the first Doctor. I know that there are some that don't, but uh, yeah, it, it really works for me. That whole TARDIS team works for me, and it, it's a nice alternative way of getting sort of season one style adventures in there. Um, and I do hope it pops up again soon. Yes, I, I've really, really missed them. Um, I, I, I think it's it's one of those cases where it doesn't feel like it's trying to fully ape the Hartnell era. Like, even though that is what it's doing on paper, like they've said, they've set out to do a Hartnell-esque high-concept space story and a Hartnell-esque, um, like, pure historical with that run. Uh, in each set and like that's the formula that they, they have said that's very deliberately that's the formula these sets follow and that works great because it means you're getting a good bit of variety in the set um but i don't i do think it feels new like the approach that it takes to ian and barbara it gets starker certainly in volume three i think in volume three i think compared to the first two but it does take a slightly more modern approach to ian and barbara where at least from the hartnell stuff i've seen these audios make their romance that that everyone sort of wants them to have. I think it it makes that more explicit. Um, and there's a I think volume three. I I I don't like this phrase, but I think it's the only one that fits. Uh, what goes on in episode in volume three? I think it ships Ian and Barbara very very strongly. Um. And there's definitely a few moments in there where it's playing those two off against each other in a very romantic sort of way. And it's brilliant. It really works. It's played fantastically. And I really, really enjoy listening to it. It's it's a lot of fun for anyone who's a fan of Ian and Barbara. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely it offers us more than anything on uh, the TV ever did, certainly. Um, and it it does work quite nicely. And we've not really mentioned them, but the historical stories are all very good as well. It kind of, it doesn't pick on necessarily obvious things. It goes for lesser known, his, well, eras or events or that kind of thing. You know, it, it's not like we've got the Vikings or, or something like that. It, it kind of, it's exploring bits of history that maybe the audience doesn't quite know as much about, um, which I think is something that early Doctor Who certainly played with on occasion. Um, you know, perhaps the Aztecs or the Massacre, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe even the Highlanders. Um, and, and I really like how it's not just going for big, over-the-top historical... You know, it would have been so easy for them to do let's do World War One or something like that, particularly with it being big finish and World War One was 60 years further away now than it was when Doctor Who started. Um, it it definitely kind of opens up to some sort of fairly interesting and unique adventures. And it's, it's not something we get a lot of from big finish now. Like earlier on, they did quite like doing the odd pure historical and there were quite a few with the uh, Perry and Erimem sort of uh, TARDIS team, but that's certainly not as common as it was. I mean, it wasn't just with them. You know, we've had some great other ones as well. We had the settling with Seventh Doctor, Ace and Hex, which is a brilliant story. Um, but it, it's it's not done as often now, and it, it's it's certainly not a priority. I get the impression it's not a priority for a lot of people 
but it's it's nice when one pops up and this is absolutely the right place the right range for it to pop up 100 percent um I'm, I'm sitting here trying to work out which i would say is my favorite i really like the phoenicians actually um volume three i i definitely would say is the strongest out of them all um, but I really like the Phoenicians, and I always like it that little bit more every time I listen to it. I think what I picked up more on this time um, compared to previous listens is David Bradley does get... I really like... I love David Bradley as the Doctor. Um, Out of... You know, if I, had to, if I had to pick between him and Stephen Noonan, I'd absolutely pick David Bradley, you know, as my as my preferred actor for the role. Um, as 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 good as Stephen Noonan is, and as as the first Doctor and the newer stuff, I really really got on with the David Bradley stuff, and and would have singled it out as one of my favorite ranges. Um, he does David Bradley as as good as I think he is does take a, a fair amount of criticism for not really getting the playfulness of the first doctor as often as as Hartnell did and I think people sort of because I I think his performance is sort of pitched through the lens of how he played Hartnell in an adventure in space and time and the illness I think comes I think that's still an element of David Bradley's first doctor performance sometimes I think the Phoenicians he gets the playfulness a lot more. I think it's written into the script a lot more explicitly as well. He certainly plays it a lot more playfully and a little bit more mischievous and twinkly, and it's brilliant. He's really, really good, um, and shines in the Phoenicians in particular. I think um, it's it. I would definitely mark it out as my favorite pure historical from that run. I'd be very curious to know whether writers approach writing david bradley's first doctor different to uh, say peter purvis doing it or stephen noonan doing it or whatever like you know do they is that playfulness taken out in the writing or is it purely a performance thing um i, I suspect it might be a case of 50 50 that they, they they've definitely talked about that in the behind the scenes um where for the first few sets because they didn't really have too much to base the writing on for that. The writers were told just to very explicitly write for the first Doctor Ian, Susan and Barbara, as played by the original TV cast. Like the scripts were written with Hartnell and Co. in mind. Um, but there was one at least, um, and it was, I, I'm just checking here, it was uh, For the Glory of Earth by Guy Adams, where Guy Adams said he did deliberately write it for David Bradley's version of the first Doctor, like he took David Bradley's voice into account um, for for the glory of Earth. Uh, fair enough. So the, there have been different approaches. Um, and I think it's perhaps noticeable with For the Glory of Earth. It's a, it, it, it's a kind of strange tale. Um and I think that it, it's one that sticks fairly closely, actually, to that sort of early 60s four-part format. But at the same time, I really, really can't see something like that actually being done um, back then. Whereas I can see the original production team attempting something like the Phoenicians or Barbarians and Samurai and all that kind of thing. Um, but for the Glory of Earth, is just one that I can't see even nearly happening at the time it's it sort of it is slightly outside that era 
it definitely feels more of the present day. Um, but it's still, it's a, I think it's a great story as well. I, I, it's another one I would mark out as, as um, getting better each time I listen to it. it. I mean, I think all of them do. I, I re-listened to them all relatively recently, probably about a year ago, give or take. And I did find that there was an awful lot in there that um, I hadn't picked up on the first time, hadn't enjoyed the first time. I think it's actually better enjoyed as a series as opposed to just two four-parters every, what was it, year or so when they came out. Uh, I think they're actually better enjoyed as, it's like you were saying how the first three sets kind of make up their own season. I think that probably is the best way to listen to these. I think, you know, some things are best listened to in isolation, some are best binged. I think maybe this is best binged. Certainly volume three, just as I was saying about the Ian and Barbara stuff, like there's stuff in the Phoenicians that sort of sets up their relationship that gets explored more in TikTok world. Um, so certainly listening to those two back to back helps an awful lot. Beyond that, I think... They are a little more standalone. Like the only reference I can really think of is, you know, to other stories within the series is when they land in Tyre in the Phoenicians. Um, Ian makes a crack about hordes of samurai, which they've just met in, you know, the samurai and the barbarians. Um, so that's 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 the only other reference that sort of springs to mind. It does. It does have that continuity uh, that season one had, which I quite like. They do a really great job with the endings of each episode, like um, or the endings of each serial, because they do lead directly into the next one, even across different sets that were released a couple of years apart. Like the series was very clearly well planned from that point of view. Am I right in thinking that we were actually left on a cliffhanger in the last set? Yeah, it's really annoying. It's really yeah. annoying. <laughs> it was, was was it the Shakespeare one, the last one? I think it was because there was the there was the Russian Revolution. No, it was the Daleks, the Return to Scarrow, and then the Russian Revolution, then for the glory of Earth, and then the William Shakespeare one. Yes, it yeah. was, and it ends on a cliffhanger. I think the TARDIS comes under some sort of influence and takes off. Uh, of its own accord, uh, the Doctor and Ian lose power, but the ship's still in flight, that sort of thing. Um, and that has never been followed up on. Um, please, big finish. If you're listening, I want that resolved, please. Even if it's just a short trip. No, not a short trip. Give us another Give us another David Bradley series. Go on. Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, no, I really, I really, really must return to these sometime. I did a... Um, Kind of a, I guess it was a season, well, a season one marathon, an original TARDIS team marathon. So I took the uh, Companion Chronicles, Short Trips, Early Adventures, and the David Bradley audios, sort of all the stuff set in like before Dalek Invasion of Earth, mm-hmm. um, and kind of did a little marathon of that. Um, and it worked quite nicely, sort of jumping between ranges and in the Bradley stuff, I think, all stacked together. I, again, tried to come up with a bit of a continuity for it, as I usually do. Uh, but I think all the Bradley stuff actually did sort of stick together. It was one coherent series because, obviously, everything leads into the next. Um, and it, it was a great little listen. 
if I was going to do that, if I was going to do the David Bradley stuff between Hartnell season one and two, I would end with TikTok World because it sets up the Dalek invasion of Earth so well and it sets up the Doctor's decision to leave Susan so well because I think that comes out of the blue a little in in the Dalek invasion uh, itself. Um, but TikTok World and all the stuff that goes, you know, that the Doctor goes through about susan about realizing that she is her own woman and she has to you know be able to make her own decisions and he needs to give her the space to do that it does feel like it's setting up his motivation for leaving her on earth yeah it's kind of definitely a very very towards the end of that era story absolutely it does it does feel like it maybe would get slightly diluted as you move away um you know, if you move on to the later stories, if you're doing that as a as a run, well, it's it's one that I'll look at again at some point down the line, um, because it, how many are now ten stories, aren't there? I'll do these ten stories again, and hopefully there'll be an eleventh and twelfth somewhere down the line. What about you? What have you been listening to recently? All sorts. So very rarely I've not kind of been stuck in some marathon usually i'll sort of have some big you know few months to complete marathon on the go but for the last few months i've kind of i have still sort of come up with little bunches of things to listen to but it's not been as big and as planned before so i did um all of the uh david warner new adventures of benny summerfield and actually it's two unbounds as well um, I did those a little while back and thoroughly enjoyed them. I still think that final set is just ridiculously good. Um, it, it's it's definitely a candidate for best thing Big Finish will bring out this decade. Um, was it Blood and Steel, was it called? I think so, yeah. Blood, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, just phenomenal set and i you know loved it the first time around but listening to it again and obviously you know again just picking up on stuff that I maybe missed the first time or that sort of thing just yeah mind-blowingly good really really powerful stuff and it, it's it, it's a shame that we're not going to get any more of that tardis team it really really is um i've mopped up on monthly range adventures that i'd only heard once so i've now heard everything twice um for for anybody that uh, is interested i think the last one I heard twice was um an alien werewolf in london uh, i really enjoyed the mags trilogy and there was no particular reason i'd left that to last uh it's just kind of it fell that way there were various fifth sixth and seventh doctor things to work my way through and I just coincidentally ended up on that one um, but yeah there was some absolutely great stuff in there um, quite a lot of solo Sixth Doctor stuff uh, which um, I, I think was generally there was a lot of solo stuff anyway I'd, again I'd not consciously ignored solo Doctor stuff but then again, it doesn't fit as well into marathons, listening orders, that kind of thing, as, you know, let's say the Sixth Doctor and Perry. Um, so that was quite interesting. That was quite sort of good to get through a lot of that. Um, I had quite a lot of Fifth Doctor stuff to mop up and did a mini sort of Fifth Doctor and Turlo marathon, which, as I've often said, is a TARDIS team. I wish 
we actually had more of like i really really wouldn't say no to a year of fifth doctor and turlo box sets at somewhere in the near future because uh, i think they're a great pairing and i think the two characters work well on their own and really we only saw it for two-thirds of an episode on on screen uh so it's kind of some new still fairly unexplored territory for big finish to play with um i'm surprised they've never been tempted to throw a new companion in there to be honest in that resurrection of the daleks planet of fire gap that's a point actually i never thought about that that's that that feels like it's waiting for someone to stroll into it it, it i mean perry strolled in so well in planet of fire and okay as a tardis <laughs> team they lasted for three and a half episodes but yeah it'd be quite interesting just to continue to explore the fifth doctor and turlo dynamic and maybe add something else into it as well or have the meat older te- no don't have the meat older Tegan um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that 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 sort of thing uh that it, it it's a really nice little era and actually there's not all that much to listen to um I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what it was now the you know Phantasmagoria Lugaru uh Singularity is that uh, primeval one in there? No primeval. No, that's, that's a, no, no, sorry, I'm thinking of sing- yes, I'm thinking of singularity. Sorry, that's it. Bad fan minus one point. <laughs> um, uh, there's uh, the memory bank, which is one of my favourite anthologies. Actually, I, I do, I do quite like that one. Um, there's I'm trying to remember its name. The one that came towards the end of the range. Oh, uh, the uh, Blazing Hour? Blazing Hour, that's the one, which is just absolutely fantastic. Like it's, that, it's, it's proof that there's definitely still room for Fifth Doctor and Turlo stories, even though the second ever Big Finish Doctor Who was a Fifth Doctor and Turlo story, the fact that Blazing Hour was so good at the end of the range, it really was like the last the last big oomph of that range, the last big hurrah. There was such a good little run of stories right at the very end of the range. Like I think they knocked it right out of the park at the end. Um, I've, I've, I've always questioned whether actually, because due to COVID mainly, I'm assuming reasons, they kind of had to ditch the trilogy format. I do kind of wonder if actually they worked better without it was like a shot in the arm, really. Like, I, I miss uh, my 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 biggest caveat with the whole end of the range is I miss Sylvester McCoy in there a lot because I love the Grey Man of the Mountain, but it felt like I got very Davison and Colin heavy um, towards the end, um, and I think Sylvester's presence would have would have you know really lifted things. But those last couple of stories, like Plight of the Pimpernel is one of my all-time favourite Sixth Doctor and Perry stories. It is the best I have heard with that TARDIS team, no doubt. Um, The Grey Man on the Mountain I listen to every Christmas without fail. I love it so much. Um, Blazing R is an absolute cracker. And I really like, I actually really like the the end of the beginning as well because uh, it, it, it feels like it has harked right back to the start of the range, and it, it has done that deliberately, obviously, with the whole Sirens of Time thing. But even the stories themselves, there's something just in the quality of them that feels early days. Um, 
and I really it was it was I, I know we've had several box sets of them since then, but that eighth Doctor and Charlie story right at the end of the main range feels really special. Um, just harken back to the early two thousands atmosphere and Paul McGann and India Fisher having a bit of an adventure in London. Um, th- that was that was um, that that was my highlight of the whole um, piece, really. I also think that um, it it gave us an opportunity to explore some TARDIS teams that we hadn't seen for a while, like we hadn't had Flip, um, not Flip, sorry, uh, Constance with the Sixth Doctor without Flip for a long time because there's an ongoing story there. We hadn't had the Seventh Doctor and Ace for a long time because there's an ongoing story there with Mel. And, you know, before that there was Hex and um, even, you know, Ace turned up during the Mags trilogy. Um, But there wasn't anything just solo Seventh Doctor and Ace. So that was great to get. Sixth Doctor and Perry, actually a team there's very little of at Big Finish. Um, It's kind of inflated by the... um, uh, the lost stories. The, the obviously there's a full seasons worth there, but actually when you look at the monthly range, there isn't an awful lot. Um, so it was great to have them back, um, and you know as I've already said, Fifth Doctor and Turlow. So yeah, it, it kind of it gave them an excuse to just kind of play with companion pairings, Tardis teams that hadn't had anything to do for quite a while again eighth doctor and charlie you know at that point there hadn't been anything from those two for a while i know we've kind of been spoiled by eighth doctor and charlie content recently but um even then a few years ago it was it was quite a different thing really do you know what i loved so much and i i i remember listening to the trailer of that story before I looked at the cast list and anything. Um, and I jumped for joy when I heard that there was going to be the companions in it. Like I jumped when I heard Charlie's voice. I was delighted to hear Tur- Turlow and um, Mrs. Clark because so often in these multi-doctor extravaganzas, you miss out on companions like out of time. Um, you know, the only thing that could possibly have improved out of time was hearing Donna and Leila, you know, meeting each other and the fourth doctor and the 10th doctor and whatnot. Um, you know, that seems to be like, I think whenever people think of big multi-doctor adventure, they focus on the doctors themselves a lot and quite often the companions sort of get left in the lurch. Whereas with, you know, you, they do sort of take a back seat eventually, even in the end of the beginning, I have to admit, but you do get a lot of really funny, uh, really nice and charming interaction between like Mrs. Clark thinking that the Eighth Doctor is a bit of a dish, thinking, um, you know, uh, Charlie and Turlow being introduced, and it's like, surely you remember each other, and it's like, nope, not at all, <laughs> um, because they've, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they've, they've met, uh, uh, sorry, I think that was a reference to the Fifth Doctor and um, remembering Charlie from uh, Light at the End, that sort of thing. Um, or from Zagreus possibly as well. I don't know, but it's a nice little callback to those previous sorts of adventures. Um, I, I, I really rate companions getting in on the multi-doctor action because it always feels nice and special and does that extra little bit of uh, uh, fun to proceedings. I quite like the fact that um, the Seventh Doctor last day, which we've only had part one so far, is 
it's a multi-companion story, but it, you know, the Doctor's not actually in it that much, and we've got companion pairings, Seventh Doctor companions, but sort of, you know, you've got Ace who kind of interacts with everybody, but then you've got the Mel and Bernice team going off and doing their own thing and stuff like that. I'd I'd have actually particularly enjoyed um, it being a companion focus crossover, and I do think that. The Seventh Doctor, perhaps more than any other Doctor, is defined by his companions. So that that works really well. It's something I'm really enjoying about that. Uh, I really... I, I, do you know what the best part of... Now, I, I, I don't want to comment on the whole quality of The Last Day just until I've heard the final set because it's very much still an ongoing story. Um, and I don't think it's fair to comment on it at this stage, you know, until we've heard the whole thing. Agreed. My favorite thing about the whole about the last day, the first part of it, was hearing um, Hex and Sally again. Like that felt really special to pick up with those two and their family. So many years after, um, you know, they left the TARDIS. That 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 was great. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it, it was good to see that Hex kind of got a normal life after everything that happened, and there was a lot of everything that happened. Um, but obviously it's in a universe that may never exist that way. We'll, we'll see how it ends, but yeah, there's, there's a lot in there to enjoy a lot to pick up on and just kind of find nice, I guess, um, which is, you know, it's a good starting point. Um, and I'm, I am very interested to see where it goes as well. Yes. I'm looking forward to the last, uh, to that, to the second half of it. Um, just trying to think what else I've been listening to because there is a lot. Oh, Missy. I've listened to Missy, but we won't talk about that because that's for an episode that we're doing soon. I'm also <laughs> listening to Missy, but I won't talk about that because that's also for an episode we're doing soon. <laughs> oh, you're on that one, are you? Yeah, you can't get rid of me. You, you, you're like the monk to my Missy. <laughs> I'll just turn up in uh, ever more rubbish disguises. <laughs> um, no, that's I've, the master's thing. I've I've also listened to quite a bit of not Doctor Who stuff recently, and I think I've I've kind of picked up and indeed completed my every episode ever marathon that I've been doing for years, and I've never sort of committed to watching so many episodes per day month year whatever i've just kind of when i've fancied watching doctor who i've just put the next one on um so this has been going it must be about seven years i think i've been doing this so i started with unearthly unearthly child and um i've got well i got all the way to the power of the doctor i thought i'd save the 60th specials and church on ruby road for just before the new series and you know, I've only just seen them. Obviously, they've been on in the last couple of months. Um, and I, um, so I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who. I've, I've, I've kind of got through the second half of Capaldi and Jodie Whittaker's era over the last six weeks or so, eight weeks. Um, and I've, as a result, haven't listened to as to as much. It, I do kind of struggle to have one audio and one TV Doctor Who story on the go at the same time. Um, so I've kind of used it as an excuse to go and listen to other things. So um, I've been sort of picking up on a bit of radio, BBC radio content that I've not sort of heard. Um, so I've caught up on Dead Ringers because I missed the last series. 
Um, I've been listening to the Charles Paris Mysteries um, with uh, Bill Nye um, as Charles Paris, and they're they're a lot of fun. They're very funny. Um, they're based on novels by uh, Simon Brett, and they're yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're really good to listen to, and they're conveniently they are for half hour long serials, so it's not too different to listening to Big Finish really in terms of the time it takes and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, four half-hour episode serials. That's what I mean. Um, and now I'm re-watching Twin Peaks on TV uh, and I'm listening to a Twin Peaks audiobook, which is sort of the complete history of Twin Peaks. It's very interesting. It's an audiobook, um, but it's got a huge cast. Like, every character in the book has its own own actor. Some of them are from the series... Many others are sort of actors that you've, you know, you'll you'll know the name from various series that you know, twenty four or that kind of thing. Um, and it's it's very interesting. It's somewhere sort of halfway between an audio book and an audio drama. Uh, very much a book, but obviously all the characters are cast. So, yeah, it it's a very very interesting listen, and I'm about halfway through that now. Um, thoroughly enjoying it and uh, Twin Peaks is very very good for sort of audiobook content that has been done by the cast or by a full cast or in an interesting way and you know all that kind of thing you know it's a very very unique and abnormal TV series and naturally the the tie-in audiobooks are also unique and abnormal um, so yeah, that's a great listen. Um, I'm going to do the BBC Radio Lord of the Rings again at some point. It's been a couple of years since I heard that. I think you're sort of having a go at that as well, aren't you? Yes, I've heard the first one so far and I have the other two lined up. Um, did those over Christmas. I, I like to vary my listening around Christmas and I'm certainly I like to vary my listening more recently, I, I used to listen exclusively to Big Finish and nothing else. Um, and I think what I've really appreciated over the last year, uh, last couple of years, is doing stuff like The Lord of the Rings and like um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I've done the first series of it. I have the second lined up as well now, um, which I will get to. I'm actually taking a little bit of a break from audio drama at the moment. Um I'm still listening to a lot of Big Finish. I, I split my listening up into my commuting time, so I'll always listen to Big Finish stuff in the morning on my way into work. Um, but at the moment, I'm slightly branching out in, in the afternoons on the way home. With I'm listening to a lot more podcasts recently. Um, I have been listening to... I've been catching up. I, I, I used to listen religiously to them and then sort of fell off. I've been catching up on the review of Death, um, which is fantastic, and I really, really enjoyed their coverage around the Doctor Who uh, 60th anniversary. Um, but I'll stop talking about them because they're the competition. <laughs> um, I really, really enjoy their stuff. Um, the the big one I'm listening to actually, I've I've dipped in and out of this over the last maybe year or two. Um, just as I've, 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 I've really gotten into Dungeons and Dragons uh, over the last few while, I've been listening to Critical Role, 
which fascinates me because they have made a whole and they have basically created a whole industry of 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 people playing Dungeons and Dragons and putting it on the internet and it being lapped up um, because it has become so popular. Um, and like I think the two big reasons in why D&D has become as popular um, as it has over the last few years is down to two factors. Um, Critical Role being one and Stranger Things being the other. Um, but it's fascinating. Like they post a weekly schedule each week and there's like two D&D shows and then one of a game that they've made themselves. Um, and people tune in to watch. I suppose it ties in with the whole Let's Play like YouTube, you know, sitting down to watch someone else playing a game. Um, but I, I listen to the audio version, but anytime I tune into the um, YouTube video version, it's such a high production quality. Like they have built their own set with video screen walls that they can change to match the environments the characters are in. Um, they've got this massive custom table that means they can all sit around and I think, I think it's triangular in shape. Um, that they can all see each other and um, they can squeeze the cameras in at a at a fairly natural angle to see each member of cast. It's 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 really incredible. Like I know anyone who has followed them for a few years is going to be saying to me, you know, to catch up. You know, this is you know this is not new, but it's a fairly recent discovery for me. What I don't like is whenever like there's whole swathes where they'll spend hours in each episode, like each episode's four hours long and they'll spend whole swathes of those sort of locked in combat going over very technical rules and who moves where and how much damage is done. That's very difficult to listen to certainly on the audio version, but the in character sort of role playing parts are fantastic because um, these guys are all voice actors, um, like they're all professional voice actors. Um, like there's cast from, um, what was that one? Oh, Last of Us. Um, it's there's voice actors from it in this. Um, and like Matt Mercer, who is the he runs it. He's the dungeon master. Um, is the voice of Ganondorf now in uh, the Legend of Zelda. And um, Minsk and Boo in Baldur's Gate, so that's that's it, it. It's it's fascinating and it's really really cool to hear these guys sort of improvising and bouncing their characters off each other, doing like serious. It's not serious. Like it's not. It's it's all. It's very very whimsical and it's very funny. But like they're 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 properly acting it out, and it's it's great to hear proper actors doing that. It's I mean you've convinced me to stop listening to this podcast and go to that one instead. <laughs> there's there's a lot like they've done an episode each week for the last like six or seven years now, something like that. At this stage, like you you I I'm I have been listening on and off as I say for about two years, and I'm only on like episode twelve or thirteen of the most recent series, and I look to see how many they're on. They've done about 90 altogether in this one series. Like, each series they do runs into a couple of hundred episodes. Um, Like, there's so much of it to catch up on, and I, I'm fully... Like, I've come to terms with the fact that I am not going to catch up, you know, anytime soon. I just like dipping in and out and, and listening to it every now and then. I suppose before we go, as we've nearly run out of time talking about that... Um, what what are you planning on listening to? What are your your next listens going to be? 
I actually don't know. I have I I'm I'm in the middle of Dalek Universe at the moment. Um, and then I'll be jumping back over to Missy. Um, I'm really looking forward. I've heard. I think I've only done each set of Missy once before. Um, so I'm going back to those. I would love to do. I I I did a and I did an Unbound Doctor and and Benny run through a few years ago. I think I need to do another. Um, that'll be a thing. I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of the new stuff. I'm really I I I was delighted to get the first episode of um Sontarans versus Rutans for the Northern Ireland connection. Um I'm really looking forward to the rest of that series because I really like the mix of doctors they've picked out. Um and uh, I I'm I'm intrigued like I'll never say no to hearing, you know, more of the uh, like Sarah Jane and Smith Sarah Jane Smith and uh, Brigadier combination. Um I'm delighted we're getting a little third doctor story with those guys. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I have the new Thunderbird stuff lined up to do at some stage. I've really missed Christopher Eccleston. Um, I've really missed the Ninth Doctor adventures over the last few while because they've had a little bit of a break over the anniversary period. And um, the new uh, set is due very soon. So I'm looking forward to that with Benny Summerfield as well, actually. Yeah, that is going to be brilliant. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of Benny meeting as many doctors as possible. Um, I think, to be honest, I think my dream, my dream range that hasn't been announced yet and probably never will be to tell the truth would be basically merging the River Song and Bernice Summerfield ranges and having sort of two archaeologists meeting various doctors, companions, monsters, having adventures, that kind of thing. I think they'd be a nice little pairing. I, I don't think I'd like that on, on like a permanent basis. I would love it if they d- did a, you know, like two or three set arc with Benny and and River as the main as the lead characters. Just do a proper crossover series, do like a like put it on the scale of Stranded or something like that, and just have River Song and Benny sharing a series for three or four sets, and then you know like make it a proper series. And I'll, uh, and then I'll take what I can get. Honestly, I'll tell you what I can get with that one. I think that, um, I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but it would be absolutely brilliant if it did. I, I really think it feels really weird that they've only met once. Like it feels wrong, and it was in Doctor Who as well. Like surely those two characters need some time to themselves. Yeah, they need a a, a Doctorless series of adventures. So that's that's kind of on the big finish fantasy release wish list. Um. But, you know, everything else on that wish list is basically Gallifrey the Dark Times, which is, you know, brilliantly open to exploration. Let's have a new Rassilon and let's have him have a scrap with vampires thousands of years before the Doctor was timeless childed. And nearly said born, but I don't know. There's a way of doing it. Um, oh, well, if we're talking about fantasy releases, more Brigadier Bambera, please. We've gone yes. too long without a new uh, unit, Brave New World set being announced. Yes, they should have announced at least fifteen sets of it by now. Because at the, least the, the two that we've had were just beyond excellent. Uh, I'd definitely love to see more of that. And again, it it can actually it doesn't have to sort of be a direct continuation of the two that we've had already. You know, let's let's dip slightly earlier into Bambera's timeline and let's let's have Ansel in. I am amazed that Big Finish have never done some kind of battlefield 
prequel, sequel, using the characters from Battlefield. Um, it, it's just such an obvious thing to do, I think. You know, you, Morgane got locked up at the end of that story, and I'm not convinced for a minute that this evil witch war battle queen from uh, multiple dimensions could be locked up by unit. Um, so wh why have we never had another Morgane story? Why has Mordred never come back? And why has Anselin never come back? So we could have something post-Battlefield. Isn't there a bit at the start of um, Brave New World? There's a bit in the... It's like the very first episode of Seabird 1. Yeah, they've, they've divorced, haven't they? Where they've, they, split they've, up. They've, they've split up. And I just like, don't know if they mention Anselin by name, but it's like, it's definitely him, isn't it? No, I think they do. I think they don't. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. excellent. Perfect. I think somebody even says something like, oh, you've lost your interdimensional knight or something like that. Um, th th there has been sort of other media stuff with them. I think there's a, a Benny short story where she meets either Bambera or Anselin. I can't remember exactly now. It's been a long time since I read it. But um, yeah, they, they, they've popped up a tiny bit. But no, I want a full cast Battlefield sequel. It'd be excellent. Yeah, um, it, it's it seems to be one of those stories that sets up an awful lot, has an awful lot of world building going on. There's a lot of mythology behind it, and I think it it's remained certainly on audio uh, or a big finish. It's remained largely unexplored, so it'd be pretty good to have something like that, even if it's you know Morgan's evil sister turns up and does stuff. I don't know. But um, there's definitely something I'd like to see there. Uh, also, Doctor Who crossover. I want Seventh Doctor. Uh, I want a Seventh Doctor story with Pampera and the Brave New World team. Yes. Or even an Eighth Doctor story. Yes, yes. Paul, put Paul McGann and everything. Yeah, that, that could be done. And Paul McGann's just not in enough at the moment, so... <laughs> I'm glad that the fact I noticed actually that they haven't bulked his sets together at the end of the year, like November and December for the last couple of years has been the Eighth Doctor's time. Um, there's a new Eighth Doctor set coming in June or July, I think this year. It's called Echoes, and that's to, I think the um next Time War set's been delayed, hasn't it? And they've they've brought forward an Eighth Doctor normal something, set, something like that. I think and, so. I, I, I don't know whether I want that to be Charlie on Audacity or whether I want them to go back to Live in Helen. I think I want them to go back to Live in Helen um, and just alternate years, like do modern 8th Doctor, classic 8th Doctor, year about. I, I do want to hear the story that makes Liv decide she needs to go back to Baker Street. Yes. Definitely. Oh, there's Fantasy Wish List. We were talking about this um, uh, just among ourselves the other day, but the world needs to hear this. Um, Torchwood. Let's have a Liv and Tanya story in the Torchwood range, please. I want to hear Liv Chenka without uh, the restraints of Doctor Who's uh, niceties, please. Yes. I, I, I want to hear a post-Watershed Liv Chenka. Yes. Like Effin and Jeffin as she saves yes. the world. Brilliant. Yep. Yep. Um, going back to what I'm going to listen to, I'm doing a massive Eighth Doctor Marathon soon. Um, and I think I actually mentioned this last time we did one of these episodes. I've still not started it. I'm kind of putting it off a bit, I guess, because I know it's going to be a big, big listen. I reckon it's going to take me somewhere between six to eight months to get through. Uh, it's nearly 380 releases that I've, 
well, not releases, stories uh, that I've worked into this because I'm including uh, the Cyberman spin-off series. I'm including Gallifrey. Uh, the Robots is in there. A few other things as well. Uh, and I'm carrying on into the War Doctor. So it's going to take the Eighth Doctor right from, I think, the earliest big finish release for the Eighth Doctor is Company of Friends. I need I to double check so, yeah. that. Um, because the Mary Shelley stuff is before Charlie. Yep. Um, so I'm going to start there and I'm going to work my way through an awful lot right into the Time War and then I'm going to carry on with the War Doctor and Gallifrey Time War, the War Master, all the other Time war stuff, Susan's War. It's all going to go in there. Um, so it, it, I will, I'll share the list online at some point. But... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to starting it, but at the same time, I'm kind of putting off starting it because I know that it's going to be a bit all-consuming. And chances are, apart from the odd thing for this podcast or new releases, I'm not going to listen to much else in that time. So I'm kind of scratching as many itches now. Um, so things like finishing off the monthly ranges I have been doing for the second time. Um, that That's kind of get that out of the way so that I can just do this eighth doctor marathon and kind of focus on that. That sounds like heaven. I, I, I'm I'm working my way through started uh, uh, well, I started this time with Storm Warning. I actually did not too long ago the Mary Shelley stuff as well. So that probably is neither like retrospective start of it. But um again it's one of my commuting listens was uh, the seventh Doctor Ace and Hex stuff. Um, and that you know finished that um sometime last year um so i have moved on now to the eighth doctor like that is my thing to look forward to every few weeks is a new series of paul mcgann um with charlie and soon to be carries um i've heard i've heard it all before but i haven't heard the lucy stuff since maybe the middle of covid like 2020 i think it was the end of 2020 2021 haven't heard any lucy miller stuff since then um bar the further adventure set i think we did an episode on um really looking forward to revisiting those but i'm putting it all off until i've redone the charlie stuff so i think my last my last lucy miller stuff was probably at the very very start of covid i think it was one of the first things i went to when we went into that first lockdown so by the time i get to it on this it'll be probably four years which is a long time Blood of the Daleks has been remade about 10 times since then. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, Chris Chibnall's done it. <laughs> it's a great story, though. It's a very strong start to a series. Oh, it's excellent. I'm, I, I keep getting an urge to listen to it, and I'm like, I can't, I can't. I must hear the girl who never was first. <laughs> yes, um, and the girl who never was is a great story as well. It, it's, it was a real, like, it needs following up. Back to the fantasy list. Come on, Eighth Doctor and Charlie after Girl Who Never Was. Well, after Charlie Pollard Series 2. That needs to happen. Absolutely. Like, they, they need a... There needs to be some kind of end to that story. You know, they need to know that each other's not dead. I know that it's this great big tragedy, but it's a great big tragedy that we've all lived with for 15 years now. And then some... 
<laughs> so yeah, we can re we can resolve it now, Big Finish. You, we'll let you. We'll let you. We'll let you meet them up again. We can do that. Which apparently, I, I believe, is something that will happen in Charlie Pollard three. I think it's been talked about a long time ago. That's that's been in the works for years, um, or that's that was announced years ago that that was going to be where uh, the big reunion was. So yeah, hopefully that's not too far away. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. But I suspect many of our listeners are saying, hopefully, the end of this episode isn't too far away. And well, <laughs> I've got some good news for them. We've uh, pretty much run out of time. So that that was I, I do enjoy these these coffee bar episodes where we just kind of go in unplanned and talk about what we've been listening to and. Watching. Yeah, not that this, we've done watching today. We've not had time. This this has been a lot of fun. Um, we will do more. Indeed. Are you saying that the podcast Coffee Park will return? Um, well, it has returned with the terrible revenge of deadly vengeance. I suspect next time it will have revenge, as it should. Yes, the podcast Coffee Bar in space. Dun, dun, dun. I'm, just, I'm just ripping off season twelve titles now. <laughs> We won't go with the Spodcast Coffee Bar experiment. That sounds like another one of the Spodcast After Dark spin-off. <laughs> and that is definitely time to um, bring this episode to a close. So uh, thank you very much for joining me, Connor. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll, we'll be back for... Well, normal service will be resumed next week, but we'll be back for more coffee barring and more spodcasting soon. Goodbye now. Goodbye, friends. Until next time. We could do one where, like, the latte machine runs out. That could be terror of the... All right, you can stop recording now. Spodcast coffee bar. <laughs>